Welcome back to the Surfacing Leaders Podcast, where you can come along with nuclear submarine officer, sought-after turnaround CEO and founder of Lead with Purpose, Mark Kohler, as he tells the stories of leaders in unlikely places and the human spirit that drives us all to show us that anyone can learn to be a leader. And now, here's Mark Kohler. Bob Goodwin is founder of Career Club, a unique service that uses proven sales and marketing methods to help clients land a career that matters to them. The inspiration for Career Club was born from his experience leading the client engagements for global brands like Coca-Cola, Samson, and P&G. Bob saw the opportunity to bring marketing principles coupled with sales disciplines to conduct much more effective job search campaigns. Most recently, Career Club has launched Next Placement, an innovation in the outplacement arena that provides mental health support, emotional intelligence coaching, and deep community to employees who have been affected by a layoff. Bob is also the host of two popular podcasts, Career Club Live and The Workwire, with the CEO of SHRM, the Society of Human Resources Management. Bob Goodwin, welcome to Surfacing Leaders. Mark, great to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Yeah, so let's just do this. Let's have a little conversation, find out a little bit where you're from, and I want you to bring us on a journey to where you are today. Yeah, sure. I was born in New Orleans, Louisiana, believe it or not. And then we moved to Louisville, Kentucky when I was in grade school. Fast forward, graduated from college from the University of Tennessee in Knoxville in beautiful East Tennessee, where I met my lovely wife. And then we have moved around a bit in the years since, and we now live with our four kids in Cincinnati, Ohio. You know, we had a little bit of a conversation a couple of weeks ago, just prepping for the call. And I would love to for you to share, you know, you talked about a challenge that you had when you were, you know, in college and how you were able to resolve that and what came out of that as it relates to, you know, how God had a plan in your life. So I'd love you to share that, that oh, experience. Wow, yeah. Thank you for asking. So I like to say that I crammed four years of college into seven. <laughs> it, it, it took me a while. But in, in all seriousness, you know, I went to college initially just thinking that it was a big party. And that's how I treated it. And I was partying all the time. And you know, one of the things that I didn't notice at the time was that it was sort of like whoever I was partying with was on a carousel going around. I was the constant in the carousel. So my party partner would change every day or every night, but I was the constant. So Mm. they were actually doing college and doing the other stuff they were supposed to be doing, and I wasn't. And so, you know, long story short, I actually flunked out of college twice. And like I said, I went to the University of Tennessee, so it wasn't like I was at Harvard. It was hard. But, you know, if you don't go to class and you don't do the work, you know, you don't pass. So after my set, and I, I sat out two years because this happened twice. And after the second go round, I was paying for college myself. And the, the issue, just to be super transparent, was smoking pot all the time. I was mm. just like addicted to, to smoking pot. And then so as we say down south, sometimes you just have to get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you know, it was just, it wasn't fun anymore, but it's the only, it's just a bad habit that had developed. So cut to the chase, there was a guy in my fraternity who was, I knew was a Christian, 
And I knew there was something really different in his life than it was in mine. Like he was, mm. you know, doing well in school and he was, you know, socially appropriate. He had a good relationship with his family. It's kind of like all the things that weren't going right in my life, I saw were going right in his. And the way I say this, I knew that he was on the God squad. Mm. Um, and I didn't grow up in church. I thought church is where they had AA meetings right. because I used to go with my mom. And I would go to Alateen and she would go to her AA meeting. And so literally that's what I knew about church. And so I didn't come into the conversation with my friend Lewis with any big preconceived notions, except I believed in God. I just didn't know his name. And mm. so Lewis walked me through the gospel. You know, God loves you. God's got a plan for your life. And he promises that, you know, he's not going to steer the ship in a bad direction. And I relaxed in that. So. Yeah, college was interesting. I ended up getting a degree in finance eventually, and so it, it, it all had a happy ending. Yeah, that's great. You know, just I thought it was very interesting that, you know, when we can find some type of purpose in our life, and whatever that purpose mm -hmm. is, you know, for you, you was God early on in your life. It can help. It can help guide us. And, you know, we all want to belong to something bigger than ourselves. And so I thought that was a yes. you know, very interesting awakening that you had. And and for those of you who might be listening and say, hey, I'm, maybe I'm not really church going, you know, maybe it's something you might want to take a look at, but having a purpose in life is so important. And sometimes we have, like you had an angel in your fraternity brother who was able yeah. to lay it out to you, number one. Number two is we have people in our lives who are talking to us all the time and we have to be open to listening and saying, like you said, hey, I, I, I'm not living the best version of me. And mm -hmm. so as you think about this, some of us are blessed to have that early on in our lives, but for others, you know, you do need the resilience and need to keep chipping away at it. And sometimes it comes a little bit later also. So, but the power yes. of purpose in our lives is something that we deeply believe in. And I know in a conversation that I had with you, I know you deeply believe in that too. All right. So you get out of college and take us through your journey, you know, where you started from and then where you got to today. Yeah, so so I married my college sweetheart, which is great. So my first job out of school was with Xerox. And as I tell people, you know, it was like getting an MBA in sales. You know, if you if you went to IBM or Xerox for sales, that's like as good as you can do. And I continue to say I've never had to unlearn anything that I learned at Xerox. You know, after three years I determined that I didn't really love selling copiers and fax machines and typewriters and stuff they don't make anymore. I was more interested in computers. So went to a computer company for a year. And then I found an ad for Dun & Bradstreet. And so we had a really good run at Dun & Bradstreet. We moved a lot. I ran the New York office for one of their divisions for a few years. So that was a really good fit. And what I noticed was that they, a lot of the job postings wanted you to have, at the time, big six consulting experience. So, you know, that would have been uh, the predecessor of Accenture, predecessor of KPMG, PwC, Ernst & Young, people like that. And so I'm like, okay, well, then I need to build a bridge from where I am to where I want to go. So I found a role at E&Y doing business development, and that was cool. And I got a bunch of good tech experience, but mostly I got Ernst & Young on my resume. And then a tech company came calling to open up the East Coast for them and build out a team. And so I kind of got to where I wanted to be more quickly. 
than I anticipated. But to your point, Mark, it did start to, you know, paint for me, like how you take control of your career and, and how you see where you are, where you want to be. A key theme for me, and you and I have talked about this before, is basically agency, like like choice and intentionality and purpose and like, what do you want to be? Well, you can go be what you want to be. You know, you get to, to choose that if you so want to. You're not a victim of anything. And so I wanted to be in tech. I wanted to be in sales and tech. And so figure out how do you go do that? Well, to your point, that was a little bit of some of the beginning seeds of what ultimately became Career Club. But there was one other key thing that I want to make sure I don't lose because it's very important in the narrative. And it gets back to purpose and values and things like that. The dot-com was running into a money problem. My boss came to me and said, hey, Bob, I'm really sorry. We've been working really hard to raise funding, but, but we're struggling and we're going to have to let some people go. And unfortunately, you're getting caught up in that. And I'm like, why me? He's like, well, because, you know, you're management and you've got a sales team. And so we're going to you know, kind of keep the salespeople and we need to lose some salary and we need to lose people aren't directly interfacing with clients. I'm like, what do you think I do all day? <laughs> like, I'm, I'm in front of clients and prospecting all the time, you know? And he says, well, okay, well, what do you think um, Paul is going to do when he hears the news? I said, Paul's going to stay. Paul's going to go down with the ship kind of guy. Well, what about Charles? I said, Charles is going to leave. Charles is smart. He's going to smell blood in the water. Right. And he's going to leave. And he says, well, if he's going to leave, why don't you stay then? And we'll, we'll let Charles go. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You can't do that. You can't have it both ways. You just showed your hand and you were very willing to let me go. And now I tell you, I think Charles will leave and you're trying to swap. I'm like, that's pretty low integrity and I'm not going to be a part of that. I love that because a lot of times when we're caught in in a situation, we do make decisions based upon what our values are. And one of your strong values is integrity and values, they're not subjective. So, hey, I'm going to use it in this situation mm -hmm. and then maybe not in this situation. So, I think it's just a, you know, a, a great example of sticking by your values and sticking by your values at all times. The funny thing about integrity, and I, I tell this to people a lot because a lot of people will claim integrity as one of their core values. But the funny thing about integrity is you don't know if it's real until it's called into question. So, hey, Bob, there's the opportunity to do this and like nobody will know. And, you know, this will make it easier or faster or better or whatever the supposed benefit is. And then that's when your integrity gets called into question. And then what do you do in the moment when you've got the choice to turn right or left? And but, but just claiming integrity when it's never put to the test is no claim at all. And, and I think all of our values ultimately are only proven in the crucible of making a hard decision. Yeah, it's, it's great. A lot of times we are trying to make different decisions and I think it just speaks to the power of making sure that your personal values and the business values, we want them to, you know, 60% of people say, hey, they really enjoy being at a company where their personal values overlap with the company values. But just so important because when the values are not clear, you know, the famous Roy Disney quote, when my values are clear, my decisions are easy. And so it's really important to get Amen. clarity on those values. 
Yeah, so thank you. So let me just say one other thing very quickly, though, on this you know, kind of work and life piece. A lot of people will talk about work-life balance. And if we were on video, you would see that I'm kind of doing like scales with right. my hands. And what that implies is that they're actually in conflict. And balance is just minimizing conflict, right? And what you were talking about, Mark, that really resonates and I want to emphasize is work-life integration. When when your values align with the values of the company and you're not having to pick between my family and work, you know, am I going to work this weekend or am I going to go to my kids fill in the blank? Like, or am I going to travel 70% of the time so I can keep climbing the ladder even though I feel bad that I'm not at home like I'd like to or whatever it is. When they're working in concert with one another, you know, that's what people call your flow state. Right. Ah, that's when you're in the zone. Love it. And work isn't exhausting. Doesn't mean you're not tired, but it but it's not exhausting in the sense that you're fighting yourself all day and creating conflicts. So I went to go work in a market research company to lead their sales group. After a couple of years, the founder was looking to exit. And so long story short, he sold the company to the president and to me. And I did a very poor job of picking my deal. Because I was a 40% partner, mm. but we also had a big loan on the company that my house was standing behind. So even though I wasn't even majority owner, much less 100% owner, my house was 100% on the line. <laughs> yes. And so we came into another, just I won't get into a bunch of sordid details, but another integrity issue. And, and it happened a couple of times. And it became a decision like, I need to leave. And as a 40% partner, I was never going to win that fight. So to your point, this is really when the seeds of Career Club were planted. Because, again, I found myself needing to go find a new role. And I did the only thing I knew how to go do was build a prospect list, you know, build a value proposition. The good news as a salesperson, this equation, I say this to our members all the time, you have a quota of one. You only need one new job. That was my sales <laughs> quota. I didn't need to convince the whole world of anything. I needed exactly one new job. So, But I, I knew my value proposition. I knew who the prospects were. And I took the initiative to reach out to the CEOs of the top market research companies in the U.S., with my value proposition, with a little bit of context, and amazingly, my phone started ringing. And again, this is, again, embarrassed to say it, pre-LinkedIn days, this was straight up cold calling and, and not knowing a whole lot, like, do they have any openings, not have any openings? And uh, it took a crazy turn. And this is another thing that I would just share with listeners is activity begets activity. You need to be doing something for something else to happen. And so by me reaching out to these companies saying, hey, I'm on the planet. Here's what I do. Here's what I think I could help. Would you be open to taking a call with me? One of the people that called me back said, hey, I just left this other company also in market research six weeks ago. They're looking for you. You know, have you targeted them? I'm like, no, because they do a different flavor of research. And. I was interested and he's like, well, be that as it may, they're looking for you. Here's the guy's name, phone number, email. You tell him I said to call and 
I, th I think this might be a good lead for you. Obviously, thank you very much. Hung up, called the other guy, said, hey, Tom just said for me to call you. And he's like, OMG, you know, we can you get up to New York? We'd love to talk to you. And within three weeks, I had a job. And that would not have happened had I not sown those initial seeds. And where all that kind of turned into that whole process and a little bit more turned into a job search masterclass I wrote called Making Your Own Weather. And again, back to the concept we talked about earlier, Mark, it's like it might be raining outside. It might be blistering hot. It might be whatever. But I've got the ability to go create some weather for myself that's suitable for what I'm trying to do. And that was, again, doing the outreach, being very proactive and making something happen. And when I did that, that created the opportunity that I ultimately ended up taking. And it was an excellent four-year ride at that company. So I, I would really love to, to delve into uh, Career Club right now. And why don't you share with us what it is and we'll have a conversation on it. Yeah. So as we kind of determined, I love sales and, and being in sales. When I made the move to market research, all of our clients were big time marketers, Coca-Cola, Procter & Gamble, Samsung, Walmart. I mean, these are world-class marketers. And so I had a lot of sales and marketing acumen at that point. But the other thing that I really like to do is network. I like to connect people. That is fun for me. Talk about being in my flow state. Introducing high-quality people to each other is something that I genuinely enjoy. When you're a networker, you end up meeting a lot of people in job search because they're actively networking and trying to meet people. And people are like, well, meet Bob. He's nice. He knows a lot of people. He'll help you. And, you know, as I started meeting people in job search, like it became very clear very quickly that they had a sales and marketing problem that they didn't recognize nor had the skill set to address. Like if I said, you know, Mark, tell me about yourself. And it gets all rambly. You know, well, Mark, what do you want to do? Well, that's a good question, Bob. I don't really know. Well, like right. those are not great answers to pretty simple questions. And so it just started to to me like, well, Mark, that's because you don't know what your brand is. Like you don't know what your unique value proposition is. You don't know what problems you solve. You don't know what opportunities there are that you help companies take advantage of. And if you don't know that and can't communicate that, then it's darn sure they won't know. And that's why people's job searches can be so painful is because they don't know what they're trying to communicate. They don't know what their message is. And then the selling part is you need a lot of opportunities. People will fall in love with one job opportunity. They're like, oh my gosh, this is like the perfect role for me. And then invariably that egg breaks, you know, we lost our funding for the role, the hiring manager quit, so we got to replace her first. Sorry, the role went to an internal candidate. I mean, there are a million reasons why these things fall apart. As a salesperson, if I know what my quota is, I know that I need pipeline three to five X of my quota to account for all that stuff. So even when that deal flakes out, I'm not freaking out because I've got more stuff in the inventory to go cover my quota for that time period. But people weren't doing that with their job search and they, they end up, you know, taking much longer than they should. So 
for a long time, I've been thinking about how can I do something that encourages people because job search is also very lonely. There's, you know, I say the road to yes is littered with no. There's just so much rejection along the way that the people rightfully just get bummed out and they need to be in community. They, right? I mean, there's, there's this whole kind of emotional element to it that's not to be underestimated. There's the branding piece, the activity piece, the interviewing. And so I was just like, how do we, how do I bring this together in, in a, in a way that, you know, isn't, to your point, too technical or too complex? And there were some things that, you know, if I'm being honest, in the first iteration of Career Club three years ago, right. were too complex. Right, yeah. You know, made sense to me, but it didn't make sense to my customer. Well, that's kind of all that matters. Is it, it's something that they can use. I don't want to be right. I just want to figure out what works. And so you know, we, we've definitely had to pivot a lot. If, if, again, if we were on video, you'd see me twisting my hands like a Rubik's Cube. Right. Like you've got to keep playing with it uh, to find the combination. But Kind of the core elements of Career Club are to encourage people, to empower them. And what I mean by that is teach them some things that they didn't know before, give them some new information, some new strategies, and then enablement. It's one thing to know about it. It's another thing to be able to activate on it. And so building tools and templates and things that actually help them take the idea and go execute against it. We found that sort of those three pillars, encourage, empower, enable, is what allows us to help our, our clients in the most meaningful ways. And I think that's why, you know, we resonate so strongly with each other because two of our E's are, are encourage and empower. And it just makes so much sense with Career Club. One of the things I want you to really expand upon is this personal branding. Because, you know, 20, 30 years ago, there was this thing that the brand was the company and a company like Coca-Cola has a certain brand. Yeah. But back then, I think you were, you know, one of the trendsetters of initially coming through and going, hey, I, I have to set my brand. Share with the listeners, how important is it for people to understand their specific brand and how important is that for them if they're currently working at a, at a company or if they're currently looking for an opportunity? How important it is, is it that they know their personal brand and can say that succinctly? Yeah, it, like there's two things that are absolutely vital. They're just requirements. One is a good attitude because if you come across fearful, angry, shamed, like all those things people can read very quickly. And so attitude, and we can talk about that one in a minute, but attitude is so important. The second piece is personal branding. And it's back to, do you know what your value proposition is? Since you and I speak in alliteration, we talk about the four C's. And it actually gets back to the very beginning of this conversation, which is purpose. The first C is convictions. What is true for you? What is, and there's not even right and wrong. It's just what is true for you. And the way that we would break that down even a little bit further, we use Strengths Finder to help people get, a, you know, insight into what makes them tick. And, and you know, oftentimes we're not very self-reflective. And even to the extent that we are, often we lack the vocabulary. It's just something that we know. We kind of intuit. 
but it's hard to articulate. I don't know. I just do what I do, man. Well, okay, but there's actually words that would go with some of those qualities and those attributes. For 20 bucks, Clifton Strengths is a great way right. of getting an MRI on what makes you tick to a large extent. So what are your values? Like, what is it that, that, what are your strengths? What are your attributes? It's also extremely helpful. This is very much around branding, Mark. For people who don't want to brag, they feel like it, it, it's uncomfortable, like, well, you know, I'm strategic or I'm very creative. All that feels like bragging to a lot of people. When you can put it on this third party assessment, you know, one of the things it identified about me was I've got the ability to take, you know, dots that don't look like they're very closely associated and actually see connections oftentimes before other people do. Okay. I'm not saying I'm amazing. I'm smarter than everybody else. That's just what this assessment said about me. So what are, what are your strengths from a accomplishments perspective? When you're working at your best, what are the things that you're doing? Where have you seen success? And how do you measure that? It's really key is how do you measure it? The language of business is numbers. It's not, we, I wrote an article called adjectives are not accomplishments. So like you, how can you quantify what it is that you've done and, and that you like doing a huge mistake that people make in personal branding is they go, well, Mark, I have done operations and sales and finance. I did a stint in HR. I've done it in healthcare financial services, and consumer goods. It's like, OMG, I don't know what to do with you. And the way we talk about it is you're going in the junk drawer of people's minds. Like, I don't know what to do. The way our minds work, we need to attribute you. Oh, you're a CFO in healthcare. All right, let me start thinking about healthcare companies and CFOs and how I can help you. Because now I know what to do with you. But when you're it, it's a huge mistake that people make because they think they're keeping their options open. And what they're really doing is just confusing the person that they're talking to. And we'll use the example of Tide. Tide is only found in one aisle in the store. It's in the laundry aisle. Tide could say, I can clean your car. I can clean your floor. I can clean your bathroom. I can clean you. It doesn't say that. It knows its lane and it's the best in the world in its lane. And so people need to narrow to get to where they want to be faster. So personal brand convictions, what are you good at? What makes you tick? What are you interested in? And that, that, that piece is really important, particularly as things change so quickly. You have to keep being interested in a topic because it's going to change. Technology is forcing change. Just, you know, it, to, I like to say today's the slowest day it's ever going to be. It's just going to keep getting faster and faster and faster. If you're not interested in what it is that you're doing, you're not going to continue to be a student of it. And if you're not a student of it, you're going to fall behind. So you better like what you're doing. I stopped short passionate because, you know, maybe I'm passionate about playing for Liverpool soccer team, but that ain't going to happen. <laughs> so I got to at least be interested in what I'm doing. You and me both. <laughs> we both love Liverpool. So, so the Venn diagram of what am I good at? What do I care about? And where's the market headed? Those can shape my convictions. Convictions lead to clarity. Again, clarity is what to say yes to. And the very empowering part about clarity is it's also what to say no to. 
that puts you in a position of power. When you you know what to say no to, and Mark, I've got an amazing opportunity for you. It pays $250,000 a year. You get to be CEO, and it's got a ton of global travel. Say, whoa, 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 I don't want to travel. Doesn't mean it's a bad job. Doesn't mean it's not a great fit for somebody. I am not looking to be diamond status on an airline, you know, because I'm gone all the time. So thank you for the offer, but that's not for me. That's power to be able to say no to something. That's clarity. When we've got clarity, clarity leads to the third C, which is confidence. When we're confident, and you know this from your military training, I mean, a lot of this boosting up people's self-perception. When we're confident, we sit up straighter. We lean into the conversation. We modulate with our voice differently. Everything that communicates, you know, that, that this person genuinely believes they're being authentic. And, what, and confident is not cocky. Confident is not arrogant. Confident is just like, I live in San Diego. It's typically 75 degrees here. I mean, it, it's just the truth. I'm not bragging. It's just the truth. And I can back up the truth because it's grounded in my convictions. And the fourth C is when we're confident, confidence is contagious. When you believe, you make me believe. And that's people hire people. So it's being on brand. It's knowing who I am. It's knowing what I'm good at. It's knowing what I'm interested in. And putting that together in a, in a cogent message. We can get to that in a second, but, but that's why branding is so important. Otherwise, you go in the junk door of people's minds, you're not believable, and you just continue to struggle and try and tread water, but you don't know why it is you're not making progress. That is the number one reason that an attitude of why people struggle in job search is they, they don't know their brand. And, you know, a lot of times no one's ever really had us reflect upon it. And then we finally get mm-hmm. in the interview and we're sitting there and someone asks, hey, what are you really passionate about? And then we do go through the junk drawer and, you know, the convictions yeah. is really powerful. I love that you put conviction first, you know, that very much aligns with, we talked about purpose and, you know, we also love the clarity. You know, when you say no to the things that don't matter the most, you say yes to the things that matter the most. But if you don't know what those things are, then it's it, so how do you make informed choices? Yeah. And then just the flow of the of the four C's, I, I think is so, so powerful. How do you think, how do you think people who are listening right now, say they're say they're in a situation, you know, we know that 70% of the workforce in the United States today is not living the best version of themselves. Mm-hmm. And so I think that people have a choice, you know, they have an opportunity. And, you know, one of the things is, is to, do you go through this process first and see whether the place that you're at is the conviction that you have and go through it? What would you, what would you recommend to people who are in the, you know, the quiet quitters? I mean, I wish I would have come up with the term, you know, I would have made a lot of money marketing wise, but, you know, quiet quitters, you know, what's your, what's your word for them? Yeah. Thank you for, that's such a great question, Mark. I think that it comes down to, you, you have to press the pause button. And go dedicate some time to really owning your life. Like, what? where do you really want to be? And if where you are isn't where you want to be, back to agency, you've got the freedom to go do something different. But that requires work. And that's where a lot of people fall out of bed is, well, now, sometimes it's the devil I know. 
And so like, you know, it may, may not be ideal or they just have lowered their expectations and, you know, you sort of deal with it and kind of go through the grind. But the, the other reason I think just beyond your own happiness is if you don't take the, I'm going to tell you a real story in a second. If you don't take the time to do this and reflect on who you are, what you want to do, what makes you happy, somebody's going to do it for you. So we had a client yesterday who came to us. He's been working with us for about two months, and he's been going through a lot of the exercises that we're talking about, working full time. So he's been carving out an hour, three days a week to do this work. It's just a standing meeting that he's got with himself. He's going through the Making Your Weather curriculum and doing some other things, and he's you're kind of refining his message. He's defining what success looks like for him and where he wants to be. Well, yesterday's company closed their doors. They just straight up closed their doors. Well, good for him because he's already been planning on what life would look like. He's already begun the process. But I would just so encourage people, like, don't let somebody else make your life choices for you. You know, if, if the company decides and they will in a nanosecond that it's to their advantage to cut you loose, they're not a family or anything else. You are a cell on a spreadsheet. That sounds really harsh, but it's true. And, and if the company has to make some kind of a decision to appease the stock market, an investor, just to stay in business, they'll do it. They'll do whatever they have to do. And the collateral damage, which could include you, is something that they are very willing to to accept as part of the deal. So, you know, it's your life. You only get one time around the track. Like, make the most out of it. And, and But it does require reflection. It does require taking some time, doing those circles of like, what am I really good at when I'm doing my best? Like, what am I doing? And then what am I actually interested in? Where do I want, what's my purpose? Where do I, if I was you know, working, and it doesn't have to be the nonprofit. I want to say this really quickly for people yeah. because this yeah. happens a lot. You do not have to do this at a nonprofit. You can go do this at a for-profit company who has a purpose and a culture and things that you can get behind that you look forward to going to work and Sunday night doesn't suck. But, but it's all about intentionality. And, and I just don't know if there's a shorter way of saying that. Yeah, you know, we're, we live in the Amazon world where we want to, you know, like I want to go on Amazon and everybody else does too. And we want to order, hey, I want I want to get, can I get those four C's like really quick? I want to order conviction, right? And it's supposed to show up tomorrow. And I think, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you could share, you know, 75% of the workforce is going to be millennial, Gen Z. By 2025, these are some of the estimates in the United States. You know, the experiences that they had growing up, they saw the 1999.com bubble, mom or dad comes home, loses a job, and they finally get their, their feet underneath them, mom and dad, then 9-11 happens, have a new job, and hey, your number on a spreadsheet, and then 2007 happens with the housing market, and people get an impact yeah. again. So, so the trust that they have, you know, millennials have in, in companies is low. And, but, you know, when you're, when, when you're talking to, you know, the millennial workforce or the Gen Z workforce, what's some of the, 
you know, best advice? I mean, we talked about making sure that you take time to go through this reflective period in, in time, but what's what's the biggest advice that you could give that generational group? And I think- So, so when, when you're younger and you don't have as much, for, first of all, let, let me just, I don't know, validate, but just agree with your premise. It, it, it's very true. And there are studies that say that Gen Z is so on edge right now. And the two things that they want from employers um, are uh, financial wellness help, because as you say, like 2007, 2008, you know, they, they saw mom or dad, you know, lose their job, potentially lose their house in that whole meltdown. And so they kind of came at it with like a lot of shakiness. And then we didn't talk about the pandemic and they lost so much in high school and college experience through the pandemic. So there's just a lot of uncertainty that's been baked into their life. And so the two things that they want from a company are financial wellness. So teach me, teach me how to not find myself in that situation. And they want mental wellness because they're the most stressed out generation that's come down the pike so far. And they're just on edge waiting for the next shoe to drop. And so finding a role, a company, an industry, that you can get behind, they want purpose, right? This is a generation that wants experience. They want stuff. They want an experience. Well, work is part of that experience. And can, you know, if you're the company, can you provide that kind of experience to people and, and, and give them the resources that they want and, and treat them the way that they need to be treated? Because trying to overlay a boomer management style on a Gen Z person is destined for failure almost immediately. Like that is not going to work. Yeah. One of the things that, yeah. that we know too is that, you know, 94% of millennials, they say millennials and Gen Z, and I'm, I'm part of the, the baby boomer. I, I believe you are too. And there's always this thought like, well, millennials and Gen Z, they, you know, they want to have a place where there's purpose. And I'm, I'm like, hey, what about me? And I think mm. they were the first generation that was really willing to say, Hey, I'm not going to stay at this job because I don't have purpose. You know, we, we, I came up with a lot of times in the, in an environment where, you know, my mom and dad worked in a certain environment and, you know, they, they were, they were going to get the gold watch and, and you just stayed with a company, but the companies were more, they had more commitment to, to, to their employees also. Yeah. So I think it's really important. One of the things that I, I want to add to this and just make sure that, that I highlight for people is, you know, Bob's talking about his purpose and you can, you can hear it and you can feel it in, in how he expresses himself, but that didn't happen overnight. So if you're, if you're a listener here and you're like, wow, I want to get to where Bob's got, got to, uh, look, we want to help you to try to get there as fast as you can. Same, same with my purpose. I didn't know nuclear submarine officer was going to turn into, into what I had, but it was only through continuing to grind at it that, you know, activity begets other activity. And, and that's, wh that's where you get the path to go to. So I, I just want you to, to talk a little bit about that because, you know, there's always this thing, you know, everyone says, go, go find your purpose. And then people are like, well, how do I do that? And is it supposed to happen overnight? And I just want mm -hmm. you to speak to that, please. Yeah. So for young people, test for negatives, go try new things. Go try new things. Don't be afraid just because you haven't done it before. To go try um, almost by definition most things you're going to try as a young person are things that you haven't done before that's okay um for 
people our generation don't think that the only purpose that you can find is going to work for a nonprofit. You can go volunteer at a nonprofit. You don't need to steer like, okay, I'm going to quit this big, bad corporate world. And I'm going to go, you know, uh, work at uh, some nonprofit. Go volunteer. Go get on the board. Go help them fundraise. Go do something with a nonprofit that, that helps you live out part of your purpose. Um, but there's just, you know, it, it doesn't even necessarily need to be what the company makes or does. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but you can find your purpose as, you know, as a friend of mine says, everybody's a leader. So you can go be a leader at, at, at you know, any company, like, like go be part of a culture that, you know, respects their people, that wants to help develop their people, that, you know, they, they value things like that. And go, you don't even have to be a manager of anybody. You can just lead through influence, right? Just by, by behavior. Like it, it's not hard to find purpose if you're looking for it. If you bring your authenticity, your values, your desire to pour into other people, you can find purpose in pretty much anything because that's what you're looking for is purpose. Love that comment. Love that comment. Yeah, that that's fantastic. You know, the new the new role today is, you know, people want to be in leadership roles, and and we typically equate that to, hey, I I have to get a job title to have that. Exactly. And I think what I love about talking uh, about Career Club and, and your process is that you need to be a leader of your life, and a lot of the skills yeah. and the tools that you're teaching not only are great skills and tools you know, be successful in business and be successful in community. But how do you, you know, we talk about agency, how do you have the agency and, and a lot of the skills and tools that, that career club provides is in and around that and helping people be more successful in all areas mm. of their life and, and, and be a leader and have agency in all areas of your life. And that's, that's what I, I really commend you on. Well, I think I learned this from you, Mark. I can't lead others if I can't lead myself. Right. And so, you know, teaching people, you're right. I, I appreciate you observing this because it, it's 100% true. Is what we're really doing is teaching people life skills. It just happens to be manifested in a career decision that they're trying to make. But it's amazing talking to our alumni and, you know, just how some of the things that they learned along the way, you know, just really changed the arc of their attitude on life. We do a community call every week and it's like a Zoom group virtual call. And I started yesterday's off with saying, hey, a lot of you guys are in job search. You wouldn't have chosen this for yourself, but it's where you find yourself. Having said that, tell me, tell us as a group, what's an unexpected benefit that you have found during during this process? And we got all kinds of stuff. You know what? Like, I got to reconnect with old colleagues I haven't spoken to in a long time because they were networking. The strength finders thing, like, I never really understood those things about myself. That was just amazing. The company pressed the pause button on my life, and it created the space for me to reflect on what do I really want to do? And I didn't realize I was just sort of stuck on cruise control in this job that I had. It actually wasn't giving me fulfillment and I wasn't having any joy in it. And they 
I'm now thankful that I got laid off because it's allowed me to go spend more time with my aging mother. I mean, like, just it's very interesting how people, yeah, they they, they just find purpose in the middle of something that they wouldn't have chosen for themselves. Yeah, I just I just love that. And for, you know, I wish I would have learned this a lot earlier in my own life. Me too, dude. Me too. Because <laughs> I can look I can look back on it now, Bob, and it's easy to look back on now and go, oh, that's why I didn't, you know, that's why I wasn't a Navy jet fighter. My thigh bone was an eighth of an inch too long. That, you know, I went to the submarine and, and you can look back on it now. And so for, for those people who are who are on this journey. Just listening to Bob, you know, he talked about attitude and he talked about taking a look at a situation and making sure that you find the miraculous next to the challenge or, or the mundane and and the unexpected positives that, that come out of this. They are there and you're on a you're on a journey. One of the things that you shared with me, you have this acronym that you use with your with your clients. And the acronym is Keel. Can can you take us through that? Because oh, you read my mind. Thank you, Mark. You're good at this. Okay. No, no. So we had said earlier just how important attitude is. And when when I was trying to map this process out, you know, you kind of want to go sequential in things. Well, first thing you do is this, then you do that, then you do the next thing. And an attitude was something that's like. Now, actually, attitude is something that needs to undergird the whole thing, right? Just like the, the keel on a ship. And you don't lose the keel when you push away from shore. You need the keel for the whole trip, right? Because you're going to have all kinds of waves that you know, throw the boat to and fro. And so you need the keel to help you in that. So as that relates to attitude, the acronym is KEEL, K-E-E-L. And the K is know that you're going to land somewhere. Everybody lands somewhere. There's twice as many job openings as there are job seekers right now. So you're going to land someplace if you don't quit. If you stay at it, you will land. So know that you'll land. The first E is emotional ups and downs are part of the trip. They just are. And when you can expect them, then you're not so surprised by them. You're not so disappointed when things happen and when you're feeling a certain way emotionally. One of the things we, we talked about on our group call yesterday, this came from one of our members. She's like, I just sometimes just need to get up and walk away from the computer and just go outside, go take a walk, go get in the sunshine for a little bit. Just get out because I know that I'm going down emotionally and I need to pull out of that. So expect emotional ups and downs. The second E is the word expect. It's expect the best from yourself and from others. When we're in job search, particularly if we've lost our job, our self-worth takes a major hit. And so, you know, one of the dominating emotions is shame. And, you know, what did I do to cause this? I feel guilty. Now I'm a bad provider at home. The marketplace doesn't value me. And, and that all radiates when you're networking and when you're interviewing. That they, you feel bad about yourself. You don't present yourself very well because why would you? Because you don't feel good about yourself. So expect the best from yourself. That, again, that's why I love the strengths finder thing. 
is it gives you something to hold on to and say, these are like true about me and to keep reflecting on those. And it's not just happy talk. It's like, no, this is this time-tested, validated assessment that says this about me. The, so we say, expect the best from yourself and from others. And what I mean by that is don't be afraid to reach out to people. People want to help. There are a lot of good, nice people out there who, given the opportunity, want to help you. A major negative take that people play is, but Mark's really busy. Like, I can't reach out to Mark. I know he's so busy. He's doing this. He's doing that. I haven't talked to him in seven years. He probably doesn't even remember my name. And we just make up this litany of excuses of why not to, to reach out to somebody when the reality is Mark would have loved to have helped you, given the opportunity to. Expect the best from yourself and from others. And the last one is the L, and it might be the most important one, which is letting go of the past. Dominant, dominating emotion is anger that people feel. It was so unfair, Mark. If you knew how they treated me, I gave my heart and soul to that company. I grew their sales by 50%. And what did I get? Fired. They let me go. Blah, 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 blah. And, and when you're a lot of times, and I've seen this so many times in networking meetings, you know, so Mark, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I was working at company X and I, it was unbelievable. And then they just go off on this rant about how unfair it was. It feels good to them to vent and tell their story and be right again, you know, and kind of declare their righteous anger of what happened. But it's so counterproductive. And you become that guy. Like, and think about this. If you're networking, do you want to introduce angry guy to the right. best people in your network? I right. don't. Or if you are interviewing for a job, and now tell me a little bit about how come you left your know, company X. What's that? You know, like, we don't need to introduce that into our culture. And so you're not getting the job offer, even if your resume is really, really good. And, and what we say is anger left unattended metastasizes into bitterness. And this is the Nelson Mandela quote. Bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Hmm. Bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for your enemy to die. Think about that for a minute. But it's true. So we just have, this is back to agency. The two things, we didn't say this before. The two things that we always have agency over are attitude and our actions. Every moment of every day, I get to choose my attitude. You do not get to choose my attitude. But you made me mad. Well, you're choosing to stay mad. You know, I can't. Yeah, you can. So, so that's why angerness left unattended turns into bitterness. It's because we haven't chosen to deal with it and let it go and move on. So know you're going to land. Emotional ups and downs are just part of the deal. Expect the best from yourself and others and let go of the past. That's keel. And and what what I see in that, and I, I know you do, I just want to highlight it for the listeners is, you know, Keel is not only for you're trying to find your next career, Keel is for your life. You can, you can use, and that's why it's so powerful, like what Career Club is doing as it relates to know you will land, know you will find your purpose, right? Emotional ups and downs are yep. part of life. Expect the best from yourself and others and, and, and let go of the past. You know, forgiveness is, a, is, is very, very powerful. Amen. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, one more question before we, before we wrap up. 
you know, you you are helping people make a transition to a new career. What are the number one skills that companies are looking for in the employees so that, you know, people can understand this as they start taking a look at their own personal brand? Because we all have a thought like this company wants this, but what are the number one skills that companies are looking for? Yeah, there, I'll say at least two, and there's maybe some more. So, you know, I do my podcast and I interview business executives on my podcast too. And I always ask this question because as Career Club, you know, we want to know what are people looking for? The number one attribute that people look for is curiosity, natural curiosity. Isn't that interesting? I mean, like, I would bet you nine times out of 10, some version of that is the answer. Because the world is never going to be slower than it is today. The pace of change is so rapid that if you're not curious, you're going to get left behind. And, you know, the, the I don't know if it's the same side of a different side of the same coin or what it is, but agile learner would be another way that I think people are describing something like that. So the ability to demonstrate that I'm a quick learner, I can pick up new information, assimilate it, and you know use it, you know, is like really valued. The second one, I, I had an executive of a very large store that everybody knows doing a pre-call yesterday. And I said, you know, what's the quality that you look for? And he says, you know, I would have told you previously strategic leadership and the ability to rally people around an idea, but I've changed. Now it's resilience and the ability to to bounce back. Things don't always go the way we think they're going to go, whether that's under our control or not under our control. It's how you deal with it. And one of the ways that we've learned to talk about resilience is to not just survive, but to thrive in the midst of it. And if you can teach people, think about the keel again and getting knocked off balance, right? It's because like if you're just sort of on the, the head of a pen, like anything's going to knock you over. But if you've got a really strong base that's grounded in your convictions, that's grounded in your purpose, then it's much harder to get. And you've got a strategy that you know when things happen. Here's how I, here's how I'm going to react to it. That is a superpower. And to your earlier point, you want to talk about life skills. That is a life skill to, to be able to have that resilience. It's grounded in your purpose. It's grounded in your values that you're not going to be shaken. You've got a community to draw on. You know who you are. You know what you believe. You know that you've overcome things in the past and you can draw on those resources again. And you're just going to emerge from the stronger and expecting the best what else is out maybe this is like a turn i wouldn't have picked but let's see what happens maybe this is actually opportunity knocking and we just don't recognize it yet so i I would say curiosity agile learner and resilience oh that's that is that is fantastic one question i i always end with is for someone listening today um what's what's one thing that they could implement in their lives um, to surface as a leader? Is find somebody today that you can go help. Who around you needs your help today? Well, I don't know who needs help. Yeah, you do. All you got to do is ask. We We wrote a piece a few years ago. It's called The Most Powerful Question You Can Ask. 
And it's basically, Mark, how can I be of help to you either personally or professionally? Well, the first way to be able to do that is to listen. It's to ask questions and listen and, and to be very intentional with the listening, not what am I going to say next, but to truly listen, to truly be interested in the other person. And if you'll take the time to do that, I promise you, you're going to have the opportunity to help somebody today. And that's going to look like leadership to them. It's going to look like caring. and It's going to look like leadership to them. Oh, that's fantastic. So, Bob, I would like you to share, where can people learn more about Career Club, maybe learn about you know, the blog that you put out, your YouTube channel, yeah, yeah. Where, where can people go to be connected? Yeah, thank you for asking. So, so the URL is interesting. It's just career.club. So .club is a thing like .com and .edu. So career.club, uh, you can learn all about us there. We do have a couple of podcasts, one called Career Club Live with Bob Goodwin that you can find on YouTube. You can find it on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And then we recently just launched one with the CEO of the largest human resources society called the Society of Human Resources Management, SHRM. And Johnny Taylor Jr. is the CEO, and it's called The Work Wire. So we talk about whatever's in the news that relates to work. And Johnny's a rock star, and I don't know how I got in on this, but uh, he's great. So Career.Club podcast is Career Club Live with Bob Goodwin. And then we've got this new one called The Work Wire. And for listeners, I've, I've been getting your weekly email. It's been really, really fantastic. One of the things I want to encourage listeners to do when I first, you know, came on, came onto this, you know, we were talking about the, the prep call and we were talking about personal branding. And I had always put you in a, a channel of it's a person who doesn't have currently a, you know, currently have a job or a career. And actually, you know, I want to encourage listeners, you might be in a career right now, or you might think you're in a career in a job. I want you to actually, you know, encourage you to, to, to reach out to, to Career Club and reach out to Bob, because there might be an opportunity where you can get tremendous clarity and, and get your keel laid down. And, and, you know, today we're trying to navigate these dynamically changing, unchartered yeah. waters. And the purpose and the power of a keel on a ship, on a submarine, it is, it is everything to success. And so I would really encourage you to, to take a look at that. Bob, this has been a fantastic uh, conversation. Thank you so much for uh, spending the time with us and sharing your, your wisdom. There's a lot of gold nuggets that are in here that people are going to learn from. So again, thank you so much. Mark, thank you so much for having me. You know, I've got tons of respect for you and, and uh, the values that you embody and are living out every day, what you're teaching, your audience. So to be uh, a part of that, even for a little bit, is really a privilege. So thank you. Thanks for joining Mark today. And remember, new episodes of Surfacing Leaders will be available every other week where you can become inspired, gain confidence, and learn leadership right where you are. Until next time, make it a great day.